0: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis lays a bear trap for the entire open borders left and in the process turns himself into the media's public enemy number one and the rights champion. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Speaking of which, when you use the bathroom, you should close the door behind you because, I mean, for your own sake, for everybody else's sake, here's the thing. Your private data is your own, whether you're in the bathroom or whether you're online. And this is why you need ExpressVPN. Did you know your internet service provider knows every single website you visit? They can sell that information to ad companies and tech giants who will use your data to target you. ExpressVPN stops all of this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices, my phones, laptop, router. This way, everyone who shares my Wi-Fi can still be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN. The best part is using ExpressVPN, it's as easy as close closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, you click one button, and you are now protected. ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by Mashable, the version countless others. If you, like me, believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Use my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Ben. You can get an extra three months for free. That's expressvp slash Ben. ExpressVPN.com slash Ben. Also, you know, I got to tell you, my sleep quality a few weeks ago when I was overseas, it was not that great. And one of the reasons for that, I did not have my personalized mattress, the one that made me sleep the best I can sleep on planet Earth. That, of course, is my Helix Sleep Mattress. Helix is so good. Not only have I been on a Helix Sleep Mattress for years long with my wife, also. I bought one for my parents. I bought a couple for my sisters. Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment, prevent morning aches and pains, even that Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz. matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a model that is firm and yet breathable. I tend to get back pain if the mattress is too soft, and I heat up like a lot at night, so I need a mattress that is made just for me. They've got a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights at risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But again, I'm not sure this has ever happened. They have over 12,000 five-star reviews. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 350 bucks off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for our listeners. It's their best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. When you look at the polling data for 2022, what you see is there are several issues where Republicans have a significant advantage, and there are several issues where Democrats have a significant advantage on, for example, whether democracy is going to be operational. Democrats have a significant advantage over Republicans. But there are several issues that are major issues that loom large in the public mind where Republicans have an advantage. Top among those issues are the economy and illegal immigration. Immigration Republicans have an advantage because the giant perception of the American people is that the Democratic Party does not care about open borders. And the reason for that perception is because you've had about 2 million illegal immigrants cross the southern border of the United States since Joe Biden took office. 1.2 million of those people were taken in by the system and then disgorged generally into Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Florida, into all the border states. And there were another million or so gotaways, which are just people who crossed the border and never had an experience with the border patrol. Well, this has prompted Republican governors like Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis, Abbott in Texas, DeSantis in Florida, to begin taking some of these illegal immigrants and busing them to blue areas that have declared themselves sanctuary cities, because these blue areas have basically said, we are the greatest among you. We are so tolerant. We are so diverse. Multiculturalism is our strength. And therefore, we will not participate with the federal government in the deportation of people who are here illegally. We will attempt to shield them from all legal ramifications for crossing the border illegally. And so DeSantis and Abbott and Doug Ducey in Arizona they basically said, OK, fine. Well, if you want these folks, then you got it. And now you get to deal with it. And this, of course, has led to the media going increasingly mad. Now, this has been a long time thing. It's not as though many of the illegal immigrants stay or all of them stay in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, etc. Many of them do go to blue cities eventually. So essentially, a lot of these red state governors are basically just facilitating the process. They're saying, fine, I'll give you the bus ticket today instead of you being here and being drawn in public resources for the next six months. Instead, why don't you just go directly to where you want to go? We'll get you to Manhattan. We'll get you to Washington, D.C. We'll get you to Chicago. Well, Ron DeSantis went the furthest, and he wanted to demonstrate to the media and to the public at large that Democrats basically are into the virtue signaling, but they are not interested in open borders when those open borders actually affect them directly, particularly in areas that are rich and and. Cloistered, all of these kind of gated communities that the left likes to reside in. See, here's the thing. There are many Republicans, including me, who live in gated communities. But that's because we prefer the idea that people should live in communities legally. We're not big fans of the idea that people should simply be able to enter a place and then squat there for the reason that they just want to be there. But Democrats seem to be very much in favor of this idea up until the point it reaches Barbara Streisand's gate. They really like this idea up until the planes land in Martha's Vineyard. So Ron DeSantis, send. About 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, and the entire world went insane. Now, I just have to point out here, 50 illegal immigrants is nothing. It is nothing, statistically speaking. When you're talking about Martha's Vineyard, you're talking about a town of about 17,000 people, that, that number can swell dramatically during the summer. So you'll have well upwards of 200,000 people who are visiting Martha's Vineyard over the course of the summer. Like many, many people who are moving in and out because it's a great vacation spot. Okay, but the bottom line is 50 compared to, say, 17,000. That's nothing compared to hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants arriving in certain places in Texas where the total population is like 100,000 people. In fact, as it turns out, this administration is very fond of flying people around the country to different areas in the dead of night. According to Luke Rosiak, reporting for The Daily Wire, border airports were among the fastest growing airports in the United States and suggested a scale of migrant flights in 2021 that is absolutely stunning. According to Rosiak, the records as presented present a pattern that could suggest the scale at which the Biden administration and federally supported charities have been moving illegal immigrants around the country. Despite a surge in airline traffic of more than 80% when compared to 2020 due to the COVID pandemic and restrictions imposed in response to it, total air travel is still down nearly 30% from pre-pandemic levels in 2021 with most airports. Los Angeles International Airport saw 19 million fewer passengers board compared to 2019. The Atlanta Airport, San Francisco Airport, New York's JFK also saw 16 million fewer people board outbound flights. While the vast majority of airports lost passengers from 2019 to 2021, among the 22 airports that grew the fastest were those in the Grande Valley that play a key role in the government's migrant moving operation, Brownsville, McAllen, Harlington, Laredo. The number of passengers boarding flights out of those airports rose from 978,000 in 2019 To 1,110,000 in 2021. But even that 132,000 person increase may understate the growth of traffic at these airports. If ordinary Americans stopped using those airports in 2021 due to COVID at the same rate they did elsewhere, the surplus over the expected 2021 figure could be as high as 425,000 people. In addition, Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio registered 13,000 outbound passengers in 2021, compared to only 936 in 2019 and 247 in 2018. The second group, of people who started taking advantage, by the way, of flights, were people who wanted to hide out in Jackson Hole, Martha's Vineyard, and Key West. Right? Basically, a lot of the sort of rich and famous playgrounds, that is where people were flying, and lots of illegal immigrants were flying around the country. Meanwhile, apparently, according to Breitbart, Venezuela, taking advantage of the open border situation, has decided to open its prisons. So this looks very much like what happened by the Cuban government in the early 1980s, where essentially they saw that the United States was taking in a lot of Cuban migrants, and so they decided, we're just going to open our prisons, and we're going to send all of our criminals South Florida. According to Breitbart, a recent Department of Homeland Security intelligence report received by Border Patrol instructs agents to look for Venezuelan inmates released from entering the United States, according to a source within CBP. The report reviewed by Breitbart, Texas, indicates the Venezuelan government is purposely freeing inmates, including some convicted of murder, rape and extortion. The Intelligence report warns agents the freed prisoners have been seen within migrant caravans traveling from Mexico toward the US-Mexico border as recently as July. Apparently, the move is reminiscent of a similar action taken during the Muriel boatlift in the early 1980s. So again, illegal immigration is a major problem for the country. Everyone who watches the border knows this, and it turns out that deploying Kamala Harris to not the border did not solve the problem. And so, when Ron DeSantis and other Republicans say to blue areas, "You own the consequences of your own policy," not only is there nothing wrong with that, as it turns out, they're actually helping the migrants. So Ron DeSantis, he did a presser over the weekend in which he. Pointed out. Listen, it's pretty amazing that Joe Biden and his cabinet—it's being reported that they're scrambling over me sending 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. I know they're scrambling about this; they're freaking out about this. But they weren't scrambling or freaking out about the fact that literally millions of people have been crossing our southern border under Joe Biden.
1: I also uh, was a little bit um, perplexed when I heard that the president is scrambling to get his cabinet together uh, to try to address. The fact that you have governors who are helping to relocate illegal aliens to sanctuary cities. He didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when we had millions of people illegally pouring across the southern border. He didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when you had 43, 53 migrants die in some trailer in Texas because they were neglected by the federal government. It's only when you have 50 illegal aliens end up in a very wealthy, rich sanctuary enclave
0: that he decides to scramble on this. He is, of course, absolutely right about this, is Governor DeSantis. And this has created an extraordinarily hilarious irony over in Martha's Vineyard. So within 48 hours of these illegal immigrants arriving in Martha's Vineyard, again one of the richest areas of the United States, and a place with a lot of empty housing this time of year, as it turns out, because we were about to enter fall. So you have hundreds of thousands of empty units right now, but apparently they couldn't house any illegal immigrants. We wouldn't want that. Apparently, according to NPR, authorities in Massachusetts are moving the dozens of migrants who arrived earlier this week in Martha's Vineyard to Cape Cod. The office for Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker announced Friday the state's emergency management agency relocated the migrants to Joint Base Cape Cod. There, the state will provide shelter, food, and other essential services. Apparently, Baker planned to activate 125 members of the National Guard to assist. So they arrived there, and within two days, the National Guard shows up and starts taking these people to Joint Base Cape Cod. Baker said in a statement, we are grateful to the providers, volunteers, and local officials that stepped up on Martha's Vineyard over the past few days to provide immediate services to these individuals. Our administration has been working across state government to develop a plan to ensure these individuals will have access to the services they need going forward, and Joint Base Cape Cod is well-equipped to serve these needs. Since Wednesday, state and local organizations have scrambled to assist the new arrivals, many of whom speak little to no English. Okay, so... They lasted in Cape Cod for a grand total of like 48 hours. And I guess we're now going to get left-wing musicals about this, probably. We're probably going to get like Broadway musicals about the kindness that these migrants were shown on Cape Cod for all of about 48 hours. This is the best headline ever. It really is an amazing headline. It's from CNN. Ray Sanchez reporting. You ready for this? They enriched us. Migrants' 44-hour visit leaves indelible mark on Martha's Vineyard. Mmm. Let's all about you. It's all about you. White, upper-crust, left-wingers with your lawn signs, they enriched you, did they? For all those 44 hours before you were like, get your your asses out of here. You're going to have to take off. Again, hundreds of thousands of people are put on buses to places like Uvalde, Texas, largely Hispanic areas that have no real resources for a lot of these folks. El Paso, Texas is hit with hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants every year. In places in Arizona, same sort of thing. And uh, and here, Martha's Vineyard, we have an art- entire article in- on CNN about how, you know, how these these liberals, they've learned to love they- and they-, they enriched us. They made our community so much better for those 44 hours until we until we shoved them on a bus with the National Guard and told them to go to the Air Force Base. Those 44 hours were so enriching. By the way, this is how so many sort of white lefties view cultural enrichment. It's like, yes, I once met a black person. I didn't have to deal with them for very long, but it enriched my life. It was pretty wonderful. It's, it turns out that people from other cultures, generally, they are, they are not actually your props. That you get this is just Get Out. I'm sorry, this is Get Out. Okay, <laughs> it's like, hey, look, a person who is brown and speaks a different language than me. I met them for 44 hours, and they enriched my life. Thanks, CNN. Quote: After sharing hugs and teary goodbyes with roughly 50 migrants who had arrived unexpectedly by plane on this affluent vacation island, the volunteers who sheltered them at an Episcopal church carried out tables and chairs, packed food onto trucks, and folded portable cots. A familiar quiet had descended by Friday afternoon on the tree lines downtown block on Martha's Vineyard where Jackie Stallings, 56, could not stop thinking about a young Venezuelan. She was 23, but looked 15. who sat with her in the St. Andrew's Parish House the night before. The asylum seeker showed Stallings' cell phone video taken during the journey across a remote Central American jungle pointing out migrants who died along the way. The heartbreaking part is seeing these beautiful young ladies become desensitized at her husband, Larkin Stallings, 66, in Oak Bluff's a bar owner who sits on the nonprofit's board. For them, they just flip and show you a picture. Apparently, during their whirlwind 44-hour visit this week, migrants like the young Venezuelan woman left an indelible mark on their accidental host in this isolated enclave known as the summer playground for former U.S. presidents, celebrities, and billionaires. And again, I'm, all these people who are helping out, I mean, good for them. But this idea, the indelible mark that was left on the white people. I mean, that these, these brown people came and they left an indelible mark and then, um, and then we shoved them onto buses and we brought them to, uh, to the military. That's what we did. But, you know, that, that's, we, are, we are so sweet. We are just amazing, amazing people. Apparently, the migrants are going to be housed in dormitory style spaces with separate spaces accommodating both individuals and families. They will have access to services, including legal health care, food, hygiene kits, and crisis counseling. So just to get this straight, everything is great for them, right? They're doing fine. Um, so I have a question. If they are doing fine, then why is it that the talk from the left is how these people have been the victims of human trafficking and human rights abuse by Ron DeSantis. You can't have it both ways. Either they got to Martha's Vineyard and everything was fine and people treated them decently. And then they ended up in a place where they have resources. So, okay. Or they were brutally human trafficked. They were shoved onto cattle cars and sent to the Auschwitz of upper Massachusetts, Cape Cod. You can't have it both ways, guys. Either This is human rights abuse or what Ron DeSantis just demonstrated is that you guys go nuts when you even have to touch the consequence of your own policy. It is amazing how the media and Democrats just fall directly into this very, very obvious trap that was laid here by Governor DeSantis. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I can tell you, their coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. So Julian Castro, who, was, uh, who once ran for president and, uh, and failed because why wouldn't he? He's very bad at his, his job. He, uh, he says this is a human rights violation. It's human trafficking, apparently, to send people on air-conditioned planes to Martha's Vineyard or to send them on air-conditioned buses to Washington, D.C. or Chicago or New York. He, it's, it's a human rights violation. Having people who are literally dying in the jungles of Central America trying to get to the United States, or again, as Ron DeSantis said, coyotes leaving people in the back of trucks and locking them in and letting them die there of dehydration. Totally fine. But if you put, put some people with signed forms, by the way, on an air-conditioned plane, and you send them to the richest part of America, that's a human rights violation, according to Julian Castro.
2: What they're doing is they're fraudulently, fraudulently inducing these individuals who, by the way, are here legally. To seek asylum is perfectly legal. And so they're here legally. They're being fraudulently induced to cross state lines, uh, essentially for these governors'
1: political gain. To me, these governors have basically become human traffickers. There are human traffickers who traffic people for personal gain, for money. These governors are trafficking these folks for political gain. And I hope the DOJ
2: does investigate them.
0: So they want, the, they want a legal investigation now. If you put people on buses and you send them to a different part of the country, you now, you now want the DOJ to crack down on them. Everything I don't like is illegal, according to the Democrats. It's pretty astonishing stuff here. And the Biden administration has facilitated the transfer of literally millions of people across the United States. They just take people at the border, they give them a bus ticket, and they, and they tell them to, to basically go to a small Texan town. And then the people on the other end will just have to deal with it. Or they put them on a bus and they just send them to Murrieta, California. And if the residents complain, it's because they're bigots. But if you put people on a bus and you're a state governor, or you put people on a plane, then this means the DOJ is supposed to investigate you. The great irony of people who literally have treated human beings as livestock claiming that it is treating people as livestock to put them on a bus or a plane and send them to a different place where they are then taken care of is amazing. So Jay Johnson, the former Secretary of Homeland Security, who presided over kids in cages, okay? The Obama administration built the cages at the border. Remember that time when you had AOC all in white weeping at like an empty parking lot because at the other end of that parking lot was a holding facility for illegal immigrants. And thanks to a settlement decision called Flores, you're not allowed to hold entire families in custody. And so you have to separate the adults from the children so that the children can be presumably given to relatives who are inside the United States and the adults are to be held. Right? That's, that's sort of the basic idea there. And that was a, a settlement agreement that has been in place in the United States for a long time. And so it was the Obama administration that built cages for children and Secretary Joe Johnson who facilitated that. Now, Secretary Johnson's like, oh, well, you know, it's, it, this is like treating people like livestock. No, it isn't. I don't remember the last time we shoved a cow onto a charter plane, air-conditioned, in coach and sent them to Martha's Vineyard. Do you? Well, these comparisons are so over the top, but they, I can't believe they're doing this. It's really amazing. The federal government moves migrants from the border to other parts of this country quite often. What's the difference when a state governor does it, albeit, I know, without warning?
2: Well, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that, Margaret. The, the wrong way is on 20 minutes' notice to send people by bus or airplane to the Edgartown Airport or to Mass Ave in front of the vice president's residence without giving local resources, NGOs, shelters, local government, an opportunity to plan for how they intend to feed and, and, and clothe and, and house migrants. Mm-hmm. What the governors of Florida and Texas are doing, frankly, is a political stunt and uh, treating people like livestock.
0: It's, it's treating people like livestock now. It's a political stunt. See, here's the thing. If you just inundate small towns with hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants, not a political stunt, that's your policy. That is your proposed policy. But it's a political stunt to demonstrate full scale to the rest of the American public that this is a bad policy. That's a stunt. Again, this is the same variation on the game. We do something really bad, right? It's a really crap policy. But you noticing it is the problem and you exposing that to the view of the American people is really the problem. This, of course, set off folks like Jim Acosta over at CNN. And ladies, find you a gentleman who loves you like Jim Acosta loves Jim Acosta. This dude is the narcissist of American politics. Here he is explaining this is hurting the children. And from from the same media advocates who suggest that um, double mastectomies for 14 year olds who who are in the mistaken belief that they can be boys, uh, that that's a good idea. Hurting the children. I'm I'm going to I'm going to take this one with a large grain of salt, maybe like a pillar of salt, maybe like an ocean filled.
3: These border states and border towns should not be subjected to the undue burden of this. And we uh, need I remind you, President Biden and the Biden administration has flown people under cover of darkness to New York State and elsewhere across this country uh, under s- similar circumstances. But, the, the, but there's a the, plan in
2: place. You know, when they put them on the plane and they land in a different jurisdiction, different state, different town, different city, the people on the other end know that they're coming. But, but, this but, is just dumping people in, the, you know, on Martha's Vineyard or in Washington, D.C., in front of the vice president's place to own the libs. This is not yeah. owning
0: the libs. This it, is hurting not, the kids. It's not owning the libs. It's hurting the kids. Oh, the children. You don't give a crap about the kids. They don't give a crap about the kids. Hundreds of thousands of unaccompanied minors have been showing up on the border thanks to this administration's policies. They don't give a crap about that. You just don't like that you guys got shown up. That's all. And the American public can see this, by the way. Get back to all this in just one second. First, you may have noticed that the economy seems to be on the tipping point lately, We are probably already in a recession. We already have massive inflation. Well, if you haven't looked over your budget in a while to see how you can save on your bills, you really should, especially because you may have racked up that credit card debt and that can just eat you alive. Right now... You might need to access the equity you have in your house. If you're a homeowner, your equity's up 20% since last year. That equity can be accessed as cash for all the things you need. Just call American Financing, get that free mortgage review I've been telling you about. American Financing looks at your entire financial picture from your home loans, your equity, even your high interest debt. They'll review all of it. They'll do everything they can to help you save up to $1,000 per month. What would you do with that extra savings? Well, even if your credit isn't great, you can call them and see what they can do. It only takes 10 minutes. Call 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334. NMLS Again, if you are running behind that eight ball because of your bills and you need access to some cash right now, you need to talk with my friends over American Financing. Give them a call at 866-721-3300 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. Also, I have some bad news for you. It's bad news for all of us, actually. Death is coming. Now, hopefully it's a ways down the road, but you need to insure against its possibility with the proper life insurance. After all, you just never know when you're walking down the street and someone decides to hit you in the face with some sort of battering ram. I mean, it it has happened in history sometimes. In any case, you need life insurance. Because while that battering ram is coming directly at you, you're thinking to yourself, "I really should have listened to Shapiro. Policy Genius makes the magic happen for you. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare your options from top companies, so you don't pay a cent more than you have to for coverage. Policy Genius is an insurance marketplace that makes it easy to compare quotes from the top companies like AIG and Prudential all in one place to find your lowest price. You could save 50 percent or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Options start at just 17 bucks per month for 500 grand in coverage. Go to PolicyGenius.com/Shapiro. Get personalized quotes in minutes. Find the right policy for your needs." Licensed agents at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. They are on hand throughout the entire process to help you understand your options, so you can make decisions with confidence. Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews across both Google and Trustpilot, and since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance and placed over 150 billion dollars in coverage. Head on over to policygeniuscom Shapiro, Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. You know, the, the media treatment of all of this. The, aren't you upset using kids as props? It's so terrible. You're using They're traveling with their families. Two places where they are then taken care of, as opposed to what you guys do, which is you draw unaccompanied minors via coyotes across the border and then release them en masse into American society with a bus ticket. When they say that there's a plan, okay, if you mean that you've notified local charities that do not actually have the resources to deal with tens of thousands of illegal immigrants arriving, that there will be some buses arriving and then they get overwhelmed, yeah, sure, I guess that counts as a plan. But it's not much of one. I mean, Jake Tapper on CNN, yeah, he had on Mike Rounds of South Dakota, and he was asking him about this. Aren't you upset that you're using kids as props? First of all, Democrats use kids as props literally all the time. Everything they do, it's kids as props. It's Nancy Pelosi talking about abortion and the killing of the unborn flanked by like her grandchildren. I mean, we we based our entire environmental policy on the left on, a, on a, a Swedish teenager. I mean, come on. Here Here's Jake Tapper.
3: There isn't any heads up being given to Mayor Adams, you just heard from him, uh, or the individuals on Martha's Vineyard. Uh, I, I get they're trying to send a message. They're trying to get the attention. But they're also, isn't there a degree of, of trolling going on here? Uh, and, and, and do you really have no issue with using human beings, a one-month-old baby, little kids, to, to make a political
0: point like this? Again, the, the, this idea that the Democrats, they, they care about the children. But you don't care about the children when they're on an air-conditioned flight, to a very rich area, they were taken care of, everything was fine. It's pretty incredible. Meanwhile, Eric Adams, he says that these migrants were misled. They were lied to. Okay, so the case they have to make here in order for this to work, in order for Democrats to make this case, Democrats have to show that these migrants were basically lied to, that they thought that they were going to a warm, welcoming place. And instead, they were sent to hell on earth. And as it turns out, it's not true, as we'll see in just a second. Here's Eric Adams, though, trying to claim that these immigrants were lied to.
3: Many of the migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard uh, by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, say they were falsely told that jobs and housing would be waiting for them uh, when they arrived. Were any of the migrants uh, that have arrived uh, in New York, have they been similarly misled?
2: Yes, they have been. And it's really unfortunate when you watch government uh, misrepresent uh, Were you sending people. In some cases, we had those who were COVID positive on the buses We had individuals who were dehydrated, uh, didn't have proper food. Uh, some were
0: even tagged. It's just terrible. They're, they're not being told. OK, so Washington Post has an entire piece about all of this. And okay, the piece is titled Martha's Vineyard Flights Leave Migrant Advocates Scrambling. Because apparently up till now, they had everything under control. But now now they're really scrambling. And okay, there's only one problem buried at the very end of this piece is the actual accounts of people who are these illegal immigrants. And here's what they say. Venezuelan migrant Mike Betancourt Vivas was outside a city shelter on Saturday trying to find a ride to Washington state. He had crossed the border in Eagle Pass, but he never saw state buses. If he had the option, he said, he would take one. We need a way to get our de- to, our, to our destination directly. People here shut the door and don't give us opportunities just like other countries like Panama and Costa Rica. Betancourt, 26, a construction worker and composer with a wife and two daughters stuck in Colombia, said he doesn't care about being a political pawn if it gets him a free ride to Washington. Doesn't matter to me. I just want to go, he says. <laughs> oops, oops. Meanwhile, even MSNBC is reporting the migrants who are arriving in places like Martha's Vineyard, they're actually thanking Ron DeSantis. They're like, hey, this place is kind of nice. You know, it's like it's like a vacation spot or something.
3: They're saying that these people are being abused and used uh, to bring a border crisis deeper into the country. Now, I can not tell you they are not angry at uh, Ron DeSantis. They are actually thanking him for having brought them to Martha's Vineyard where they were, they were very well received. But other people, well, they're saying they're being used as political pawns. They don't resent it for now.
0: So they're all like, um, "Yeah, this is great. I like it here. Martha's Vineyard is nice. It is actually Martha's Vineyard's a really, really super nice place. It's really beautiful." And Ron DeSantis for his party says uh, they keep saying that we're deceiving people. They literally have forms that they have signed that show that they know where they are going. It literally has a map that shows that they are going to Martha's Vineyard. Hey, uh, and he says, "Listen." If I had the ability, if it were up to me, I would send them back to their home countries. But that's illegal. He's not allowed to enforce federal immigration law. So instead, I'm just going to send them to places where all of the liberals can take care of them with their lawn signs for 44 hours before patting themselves on the back, writing some musicals and sending them off to the local Air Force Base.
1: They give them a release form to sign. They actually give them a packet. And in that packet included a map of Martha's Vineyard. So it was obvious that that's where they were going. And they gave that to them. And and, and here's the thing, it's all voluntary. Because it's just the type of thing where we think that's the right way to do it. I mean, I think that if, if the states could send, I would send back to Mexico or back to the home country. But here we are doing it voluntarily. They sign a release and then they get a packet. So they did get a packet that had the map of Martha's Vineyard. And they're also treated, you know, very well with all this. I mean, they're, they're treated well with meals and everything.
0: Okay, so um, what exactly is the big problem? The, the, big, the big problem here is, of course, Democrats are humiliated. That is the big problem. And they're so humiliated that now they have to avoid the obvious problem here. The problem is not DeSantis. The problem is not Abbott. If you don't like illegal immigrants showing up in your town, anywhere in the United States, there's only one force you can blame. And it is not the governor of these various states. It is the federal government. The federal government has very few specified powers under the Constitution. Control of the border of the United States is one of those powers. The federal government is given that power exclusively. The states do not have the ability to control immigration into and out of the country. So if, if Eric Adams doesn't like illegal immigrants showing up in New York, he has one person and one person alone he can blame, the president of the United States. And Eric Adams, he did this interview with Jake Tapper, and it's really fascinating. Watch as he tries to escape the implications of his own words. So first, he says, this is a humanitarian crisis. And this humanitarian crisis is not being created by any sort of external exogenous circumstance. It's happening because of human policy.
2: We should be clear that this is, uh, as I stated, a humanitarian crisis created by human hands, and it, it is it is an all hands on deck moment where we're all supposed to come together and coordinate. Coordination during a crisis is something that we must do together, and that's the federal government that are that is also uh, the governor of the state of Texas as well as the governor governor of the state of Florida. Uh, we should not be. Uh, really treating other cities and municipalities in the manner that we're witnessing now. And so we need uh, resources for housing, resources to make sure that we could properly give people the medical care, all of the basic necessities that you would give new arrivals that enter a city.
0: Okay, so I've noticed that Eric Adams, who has put up billboards in Florida saying in New York, we say gay. So come on back from Florida, New York. He has to say that because everyone from New York would love to live down in Florida. Now he's like, can you stop sending me your people? Please stop sending me these illegal immigrants. And it's probably an internal governor versus mayor issue here. So Jake Tapper does some journalism here and he has an actual real question. He says to Eric Adams, well, I noticed that um, actually federal policy on the border is the policy that defines whether illegal immigrants are even in the country in the first place. So why don't you just say that this is about Joe Biden?
3: So you're struggling to process the twenty five hundred migrants sent to you from Texas. Uh, Meanwhile, the El Paso sector of the border sees an average of 1,700 migrants crossing every single day, a record 1.9 million uh, migrants have been apprehended on the southwest border this fiscal year alone. Even if you think what these governors are doing is horrific, it seems like you agree this is a crisis that needs more attention from the Biden administration.
0: And I'm just like, no, they're working on it. Ah, it's fine. It's probably fine. Okay, but it isn't. And Democrats know that it isn't, and they're being humiliated on the issue. Now, All that the Democrats jumping on this hand grenade have really accomplished is to once again make Ron DeSantis a hero in the eyes of the right. So it turns out that, as I've been saying for a while, one of the unfortunate problems of American politics right now is everything is incredibly reactionary. So if the media attacks somebody, the right immediately deems this person a hero. It doesn't matter if that person actually is qualified, like Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, or if it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. No matter who the left attacks, the right immediately says, this person must be good because we trust the media so little that whatever they say has to be wrong. And yeah, well, that has some upsides, which is, frankly, doubting the media at this point is not an option, it's an obligation, but you actually have to use what we would call in Yiddish or Sechel, you'd have to use your actual common sense, and you'd have to try to determine whether or not the media are complaining about a thing that is real or whether they are complaining about a thing that is fake. When it comes to DeSantis, they are complaining about things that are fake, and the entire right knows it, which is why DeSantis has now risen to the top of the pile. Ron DeSantis is a national figure as governor of Florida which is rare. It's actually very rare that you have a governor who becomes a national figure. Normally, if you're a governor and you want to become a national figure, you have to basically stand on a street corner and shout like Gavin Newsom is in California. Ron DeSantis didn't do that. He just implemented good COVID policy in Florida. And then he implemented good educational policy in Florida. And now he's attempting to show up the Democrats on illegal immigration. And this is generating extraordinary goodwill for him on the right side of the aisle as the left immediately is they're already doing this. They've moved into DeSantis is worse than Trump. Now, this is the most predictable development in American politics. The most predictable development in American politics is whoever the last Republican president was, when they were president, it, that, that person was Hitler. When it was Bush, it was Bush Hitler. When it's Trump, it's Trump Hitler. And then whoever comes next must be worse than that person. So when Bush was there, he was the worst. Then McCain came and it was like, oh, my God, this guy's so much worse than Bush. Man, I wish for the days of Bush. And then Trump came. It was like, oh, man, I wish for the days of Mitt Romney and John McCain. And now it's Ron DeSantis' turn, so they're already doing the routine where they're like, man, DeSantis, that guy's even worse than Trump. Now, listen, DeSantis, for his part, he's going for it because he knows how this game is played. DeSantis is a very savvy political operator. He happens to be an incredibly effective governor of Florida. He's turned this state deep red. Okay, this, was, this was a purple state just by, by 2018. This is now a very solidly red state, the state in which I live. Governor DeSantis is doing a fabulous job. I make no bones about the fact that I'm a fan of Governor DeSantis. I... I believe that Governor DeSantis is going to win in a cakewalk in his gubernatorial race this year. DeSantis says, listen, I'll, I'll keep sending illegal immigrants to these places because why exactly wouldn't I? I, I, I have $12 million allotted to me by partisan fashion. Democrats voted for a $12 million line item in the budget that allows the state of Florida to fly illegal immigrants to other places. So why exactly wouldn't I do that?
1: These are ongoing things. I mean, you know, so you're going to look. Obviously, there's going to be buses like Texas is doing. You know, there may be uh, there may be some more flights. You know, Martha's Vineyard is a little bit different because it's an island, so you kind of got to either fly in there or take a ferry. All we're trying to do is offer transport to sanctuary jurisdictions uh, free to the to the alien, uh, but certainly not mandatory. And that way, they're able to go, and these sanctuary jurisdictions can put their money where their mouth is. They can provide the resources. They can do all of that. And then once that happens, the chance of folks coming to Florida is probably very, very low. So that's why we're doing it. And um, I think uh,
0: I think we're going to continue to do it. Okay. so this has prompted the left. All this prompted the left to do the worse than Trump routine. So Jamel Bowie, who's a terrible columnist for The New York Times, he has an entire piece about how DeSantis is worse than Trump. Quote. Donald Trump is a lifelong celebrity with a public persona that is as much about The Apprentice and even Home Alone 2 as it is about his political career. What's more, Trump has the skills of a celebrity. He's funny, he has stage presence, he has a kind of natural charisma. He can be a bully in part because he can temper his cruelty and egoism with the performance of a clown or a showman. He can persuade an audience that he's just kidding, that he doesn't actually mean it. Ron DeSantis cannot. He may be a more competent Trump in terms of his ability to use the levers of state to amass power, but he's also meaner and more rigid without the soft edges and eccentricity of the actual Donald Trump. This is the first time I've ever heard Jamel Bowie talking about the soft edges and eccentricity of Donald Trump. But this is what the media have been reduced to. They're so scared of DeSantis that they're now doing the he's worse than Trump routine. And the thing they're really scared of here is that DeSantis is incredibly effective. And by the way, DeSantis also happens to be an actual Republican politician who helps actual Republicans. We'll get to that in just one second. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Not only do blinds enhance the aesthetic appeal of your home, they also offer practical benefits. By effectively blocking out harmful UV rays, they help protect your furniture and flooring from fading, ensuring your interiors retain their beauty for years to come. Their insulating properties help regulate the temperature inside your home, keeping it comfortable year-round while potentially reducing your energy bills. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You can measure and install them yourself, or have Blinds.com send local professionals to take care of the installation for you. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many, or installation is just one low cost. And if you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale right now through March 13th for up to 50% off. Again, save up to 50% off for limited time at blinds.com. And when you check out, don't forget to tell them you heard about them at the Ben Shapiro show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Many of you know Candace Owens was out on maternity leave. Well, now she is back. We are unleashing the power of Candace five days a week in her new Daily Wire Plus show, Candace Owens. She covers all the pop culture and political topics. You're going to want to hear Candace go off on, ranging from race to pornography, like pretty much everything. You're not going to want to miss the first few episodes they premiered last week. New episodes are available every day, 3 p.m. Eastern on Daily Wire Plus. This is big news. Watch Candace Owens' show right now on Daily Wire Plus or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, so the real reason that the Democrats are afraid of Ron DeSantis is because Ron DeSantis is effective. That's the real reason. So they, they weren't afraid of Trump until he became president. Then they became scared of Trump. In 2016, they only became scared of Trump when he became the nominee. And that was after they had actively attempted to make Trump the nominee because they thought that he was the most likely to lose. Then he won and they lost their ever-loving minds and they have not regained those minds. Those minds are still off wandering in the wilds of Scotland somewhere. Okay, but now they are really, really scared of Governor DeSantis. And the reason they're scared of DeSantis is because DeSantis actually is, is very meticulous in how he treats issues. He picks his, his political stunts well, as this latest one demonstrates, and he raises an enormous amount of money. According to Open Secrets, Governor DeSantis' political operation reported raising $177 million through September 9th. That breaks the gubernatorial fundraising record without adjusting for inflation. A new Open Secrets analysis of state campaign finance filings found. His re-election campaign has raised over $31.4 million since January 2021. Friends of Ron DeSantis, his state-level PAC that is not subject to contribution limits, raked in $146 million since January of 2019. Now again, that that number is just astonishing considering that his, his closest competitors, people like Charlie Crist, right, who's running on the Democratic side of the aisle, he has raised a grand total of $20 million at this point. Ron DeSantis has raised $177 million at this point. This is more money than has ever been raised in the history of American politics in terms of gubernatorial races. And here is the thing. Governor DeSantis is using a lot of that money in order to help fellow Senate GOP candidates. So he is actually using that money to benefit his political movement because Ron DeSantis cares about the end goals of the political movement which is going to contrast rather strongly with President Trump, as we'll talk about in just one minute. According to Politico, Governor DeSantis is using his sizable campaign stash to help down ballot Republicans. DeSantis earlier this month shifted $2.5 million from his political committee to the Florida Republican Senatorial Committee, the campaign armed controlled by incoming Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo. It's the single largest contribution recorded by the Committee of this Cycle and since its creation back in 2014. Senate President Wilton Simpson, who's running for ag commissioner, donated $2 million from his political committee back in July. This has put Senate Democrats on the back foot. They've been forced to spend money to help defend the Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book against a primary challenge. They had less than 600 grand in their main campaign account. DeSantis has already had a hand in helping to mold the state Senate to his liking, endorsing several Republicans, even though Senate GOP leaders had initially planned to support other candidates. The apparent thinking behind DeSantis' help is he wants to assist Senate Republicans across the board and not any one candidate. And so again, Ron DeSantis in his state is using the money that he has raised in order to help other Republicans. This, of course, is raising Ron DeSantis' profile tremendously in the possibility of a presidential race in 2024, particularly because Joe Biden yesterday on 60 Minutes, he again dropped the idea that he might not run in 2024, which is leaving open the possibility of somebody like Gavin Newsom running. Here is the president of the United States. We'll get to more of his 60 Minutes interview in a little while here because it really was kind of amazing. Here was the president of the United States announcing he may or may not run.
3: Sir, are you committed to running again? Or are there certain Conditions that have to be right
2: look if I were to say to you. I'm running again All of a sudden a whole range of things come into play that I have uh, requirements I have to change and move and do
3: in terms of election
2: in terms of election laws And it's much too early to make that kind of decision
3: you Say that it's much too early to make that decision. I take it. The decision has not been made in your own head
2: Look my intentions. I said to begin with is that I would run again, but it's just an intention But is it a firm decision
0: that I've run again? That remains to be seen. He's leaving that door wide open. Gavin Newsom is ready to charge through that door, hair gel ablaze. So he actually tweeted out the other day, hey, Governor DeSantis, clearly you're struggling, distracted, and busy playing politics with people's lives since you have only one overriding need, attention. Let's take this up in debate. I'll bring my hair gel, you bring your hairspray. Name the time before election day. So he obviously is attempting to glom onto the fact that DeSantis has extraordinary amounts of momentum. And he would like to be the nominee with Gavin Newsom, which is the reason why, for example, he has been running ads in Florida and Texas and other red states. Right? The goal for Newsom is take over for Joe Biden and the way that he is doing this. And this betrays where Democrats think this race is going. He is directing that not at Trump. He's directing that at DeSantis. And the reason for that, again, is because if you are a person who cares about the conservative movement, one indicator that you ought to back somebody like Iran DeSantis is because not only does he know how to run an executive government in a place like Florida, but as I have said, he is using his actual resources in, other, in order to help fellow Republicans. This contrasts extraordinarily strongly with President Trump's activity here. President Trump has a super PAC. That super PAC has raised like $100 million. So far, he has spent, my understanding is $0 or very close to $0 of that super PAC on other Republican candidates, which is why there are candidates like Blake Masters and J.D. Vance, people who Trump handpicked are now short of cash. It's a very, very serious problem. I got Ron DeSantis, who's actually using his money in order to help his Senate Republican candidates in Florida across the finish line. And you have Trump, who's picking candidates on the federal level, people like Blake Masters, people like J.D. Vance, and then giving them basically no money. Now that, that That's an amazing thing. I mean, put aside the quality of the candidates for just a second, because there's a current poll from Trafalgar that has Blake Masters within two. J.D. Vance is running a very competitive race with Tim Ryan. A little bit of money would help right here. But where exactly is the cash? Where is the cash? If Donald Trump raised $100 million to presumably help the conservative movement and not just use it for whatever, and we don't know what whatever is, where exactly is the, where is the money? And there's an entire piece in the Wall Street Journal about this from Kimberly Strassel pointing out that, that Peter Thiel and Donald Trump helped Blake Masters get the nomination in Arizona, but there's no money. So now they've gone back to begging Mitch McConnell and send Senate Leadership Fund for the cash. So why exactly? If you're relying on the kindness of Mitch McConnell, because Trump can't be counted on here and Thiel can't be counted on, what is the good of endorsing candidates, particularly the most controversial candidates, and then immediately turning around and not supporting them in the way they need support? That's bad stuff. And it doesn't help when Donald Trump decamps to Ohio to do a rally for J.D. Vance. And his first concern is basically insulting J.D. Vance in front of the entire audience, which is what he did last night. Here he was.
2: The New York Times did a fake story today, big front page, that JD wasn't
0: sure if he wanted my support. JD is kissing my ass, he wants my support so I'm 18 points up. If I was 18 points down, he wouldn't want my support. I mean, who does that? Who goes to a Senate rally and says about the candidate you're supporting that the guy's kissing your ass? Is that like brilliant politics that I'm missing out on? And when he does the rally for JD Vance, and the entire rally, apparently, like a huge portion of this rally. Was Donald Trump doing like a bizarre sort? Like this is in Youngstown, Ohio, doing a bizarre eight-minute segment in which music plays in the background as the crowd remains silent and people hold up their hands in solidarity with Trump. Is that a rally for JD Vance? How does this help JD Vance particularly, or does it turn into a campaign ad for Tim Ryan? Hey, here is here is Trump doing this routine. It was it was very odd. It was very odd optics again. We're not talking about 2024. Trump hasn't declared for 2024. No one's declared for 2024. It's 2022. Shouldn't he be rallying for J.D. Vance rather than doing what appears to be some sort of campaign ad for 2024 using J.D. Vance's campaign as a platform without actually funding J.D. Vance?
2: We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed. Where crime is rampant That like music is not before, piped in to the to the the video. It's actually in the stadium. People
0: are standing there, are holding up their their of one finger. I'm not sure why. It's weird.
2: 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear. And it goes like this for eight minutes. And for eight, eight minutes. You, so here's the question: the If you are like
0: a typical conservative voter, and you're looking at the possibility of 2024, who do you want? The very effective governor of Florida, who has got the media reacting to him. Constantly on issues that matter to the American people, like illegal immigration, who is funding fellow Republicans, who is trying to pick the best candidates in particular races, who has swung an entire purple state red? Or do you want the guy who can't be bothered to sign a check to the candidates he handpicked in the Senate and who is busy doing rallies where he pipes in music and people show solidarity with him personally? However, much you like Trump, at a certain point, you got to figure who is more likely to be a good president and who is more likely to. And again, none of that is to say that Donald Trump. If he's the nominee, I wouldn't vote for him. None of that is to say that Donald Trump didn't do great things while he was president of the United States. But efficacy matters, right? Knowing how this game is played matters. And by the way, backing the conservative movement generally, as opposed to losing two Senate seats in Georgia at a personal peak, that matters too. If we hadn't lost two Senate seats in Georgia because Donald Trump was pissed at Brian Kemp in 2020, half of Joe Biden's spending never gets done. More than half, probably. righty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting into the New York Times suggesting that democracy is under threat, but we'll talk about from whom democracy is really under threat. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us.